This episode of Retro Rebel Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook, download, and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Toddcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or favorite MP3 player. Welcome to the episode 6 of the Retro Rebel Gamecast, a show where we discuss retro gaming and related topics for your listening pleasure. Retro Rebel is released every week, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. If you like what you hear and you want to support us, head over to patreon.com slash templeofgeek, where you can toss us a couple of bucks our way for early access and other goodies. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter by using the handle at templeofgeek. My name's Stacy. As usual, joining me here on this show are my fellow rebels Daniel and Amanda of Temple of Geek. Welcome. Howdy. All right, so howdy. we had a had a howdy, howdy. You're from Texas or you are in Texas. Yeehaw. Uh, so. I neither. Yeah. Neither of those things is true. <laughs> no, well. It is true as well. <laughs> and for those listening, maybe for the first time, we we are an international uh, podcast. So, um, we are in the UK as well as the United States. <clears throat> well, in terms of where we're where we're broadcasting from, correct? So, Man, uh, we Amanda, from all over the world, all over the world, yeah. But but we have we have international guests or or, or one of our hosts. So Amanda, Amanda over there uh, teaching us about currency differences and citrus uh, blast, citrus blast, and dodgy Mountain Dew, <laughs> dodgy Mountain Dew choices. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go around the room. Let's talk about what we've been playing. We had a couple weeks to uh, with Thanksgiving break and everything. Uh, what are you guys playing? Absolutely nothing. Oh my god, liar! <laughs> no, picked up Final Fantasy fifteen. Uh, playing Final Fantasy fifteen. Um, I'm a little concerned that Marcus picked it up the same time I did. And for those yeah. of you who don't remember, Marcus, uh, Marcus was Marcus. Used to have a you know, podcast on Temple of Geek back in February and kind of disappeared, but now he's back. But anyway, Marcus uh, started playing Final Fantasy XV the same time I did, and he is now done with the game. I wow. noticed that. Yes, thirty-four Which hours you... into the game, and I've only put three hours into the game. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of shows nice. you the dedication there between the the two of us. What did what did, what have you thought your initial reaction so far? Well, like I explained to him, Final Fantasy, it, it's, it's not a traditional Final Fantasy to me. Um, it does not feel like Final Fantasy. I'm even lost kind of on the story. Like, it, it, the game just kind of starts, and then you start off on this road trip. <laughs> and it's True. Like, okay, it's like, I know I'm going to go visit my future wife, but what the hell is really going on? What's the what's the underlying story? What, what's the threat? Um, right. Well, so, demons, or daemons, or whatever. Those uh, are definitely diamonds. The diamonds. And then the the gameplay, you know, it's 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 this active action type RPG throughout the entire game. It's not a it's not a uh, oh, what do you call very it? much like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah. kind of like it, it almost plays exactly like Kingdom Hearts. Um, but I'm not. It's used not turn based. Right. Yeah. It, oh, it, I might pick it up. Yeah, but that's what's throwing me off because you know the United, United, I, I do Fantasy like it. It's been turn based. Yeah. So yeah, 
those those are my okay. thoughts. And like I said, I mean, it's it's not a bad game. I mean, I think I like it. It's just taking me some time to get used to it. Yeah, that's understandable. That's understandable. Amanda, what are you playing? Well, I I had four days off over Thanksgiving, so I played a lot of things. So first in the uh, do not recommend pile, oh, I nice. will firmly put uh, Technomancer. Do, do you celebrate uh, Thanksgiving over there? Yeah, I do. I mean, no one else does, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> I cooked a big old turkey. I was going to say, why not? Boys. Being the only person in the area that buys a turkey. and Also, how's Indo- how does Independence Day uh, roll out over there? She's shooting off firecrackers. She's the only one. Yeah. Just a re- one yeah. Roman candle? No, you, you, you more get people saying, um, do you regret your decision now? <laughs> post the election so they're like you can always come back back. well that's true that is very sweet of them honestly let's just be honest that's pretty sweet of them actually i always wonder what it would be like to be like in england or an independence day yeah they they don't even notice it no they don't notice it they they could care less yeah they they don't care sorry i didn't mean to get you off there they could care less (laughs) right anyway so back to the games right so I tried to play a game called Technomancer. Sounds terrible. It's an it's an RPG. It's a bit of a shooter kind of thrown in, or you can uh, use like stabs and things like that. My criticism of the game and the reason why I stopped playing it really quickly um, was because it is obviously made without any regard for the actual words coming out of the characters' mouths. So they force <laughs> you to watch these fairly long cutscenes where it looks like it's dubbed over from Chinese. And it just gets super frustrating. It's also quite difficult to control. So it, even when you stop moving the controls, your character stutters forward another two or three paces, which just makes it hard when you're trying to do hand-to-hand combat. So not a game I would recommend. I, yeah. I didn't play it more than an hour, and I was, like, done with it. Um, another game that I gave up on, but for a completely different reason, is a side-scrolling zombie platform called Deadlight would actually got some pretty good reviews. Yeah. Um, but where, where I ran into trouble was uh, I entered a small room uh, off of a window ledge, and then it wouldn't let me back out through the room. And I just got so frustrated, it wouldn't let now, me back out of the room. <laughs> now, that is a, that's a puzzler, right? Mm-hmm. As well? Okay. I think yeah. I downloaded that as an Xbox uh, Gold free download. I think I got that one a while ago. I hadn't. I played it for about ten seconds, but yeah, it's nice looking. It's got some ambiance, but I will say that game breaking bug where I was stuck in the room, couldn't get out of it. At that point, I ejected the disc and moved on. Eject abort mission. Abort mission. Are you sure yeah. it was a game breaking bug and not part of the puzzle? <laughs> <laughs> no, there. I did check. What's there the difference? Was, it was a Daniel? very small room, and there was no other exits except the window ledge you came in through. Um, but for some reason, every time he got up on the ledge, he wanted to stand, and you could not make him crouch without him falling off the ledge again. So you just want to shoot him. You want him to shoot himself. Yeah, it was pretty annoying, um, and I would have had to reload from a previous save. And at that point, I just couldn't. Nah. Um, some games that I have been enjoying, I played. Uh, well, finished Sherlock Holmes: uh, Crimes and Punishment. Oh yeah, really cool game. Would recommend because. If you get tired of the puzzles or you find them tedious, you can skip them and still get into the story, still solve the crimes. It does tell you whether or not you're correct if you want to know. If not, you can just go with what you thought, whoever you thought did it, and continue the story and then look back once you beat the game and see how many times you were right or wrong. Now, I went for 
100% perfection completionist. So I did look and see at the end of each chapter if I was correct. If I wasn't, I went back, re-examined, and kept doing it until I got the correct answer. But... <laughs> I can that's see like that's that, how I read Choose Your Own Adventure books, by the way. So. Yeah, me as well, me as well. Um, but it is a really cool game. It does have some really interesting like murder mysteries to solve. A couple of them are very reminiscent of the books, like um, the um, the disappearing murder weapon, which I believe is actually from Sherlock Holmes itself. Um, but this was like a different take on that same sort of concept. Very cool game. Would recommend. Super cheap as well. I think it was free there for a little bit on Games with Gold. It's only yeah. a couple bucks. Um, I would definitely pick it up. It's a, it's a nice couple of afternoons. It's probably not longer than 10 hours total, but oh, yeah. It's right up game. me and Daniel's alley. We can handle 10 hours. That might take me a month, though. I don't know. I'm more into those like, <laughs> one hour, two hour games. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you need to go back then, to the um, NES. For reals. <laughs> and then I also played uh, some Quantum Break. Also an awesome game, completely different. It's a much longer game um, than Sherlock Holmes, although not like, like loads longer, I would say. I probably put about 16 hours into it. 16 it does have hours? The, I know. It does have the television shows cut into it, um, yeah. which based on the decisions that you make in the game impacts what sort of episodes that you see. That's Super cool. awesome. Um, if the combat wasn't a bit... It was a bit formulaic... I probably would have gone over from the beginning and made alternate choices and seen what happened. But I will say the combat, it's cool. You have cool powers. You can stop time and make shields and that sort of thing. But after a while, just like you just Zach kind Morris. of, yeah, it's very Moorish. You figured out what you're doing. There are a couple buttons that you know to push that just automatic. I mean, pretty much run up and melee anybody is generally the way to oh, go. I'm <laughs> I, I wasn't saying so much it's boorish as much as it's just like Zach Morris. Zach Morris. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Saved by the Bell. That was his superpower. Oh, okay. Time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stopping time was his. Nobody. We have y'all never had this conversation with someone. Oh yes. I I haven't now. Where everybody would stop and he would just continue talking. <laughs> yeah, he would just he would stop and he'd look at the camera and he'd uh, he'd continue talking and then everything would resume. He could do whatever he wanted to. I mean, that it was a fantastic superpower. It's a good power. Um, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I actually went on a run. I haven't played any of these games uh, through, but <laughs> but I started playing a lot. Actually, I played the first episode of Batman: The Telltale Series. Um, mm. It was uh, it was free, so I downloaded it, and now obviously now I want to buy all of them. Um, but I'm going to wait. Get you. I know it, I know it, and I, and I know their ploy, I know their tricks, and I did it anyway. But uh, I did it. I've played all of them, I believe, except one. I played Borderlands. I played uh, Game of Thrones. I played uh, Wolf Among Us. And uh, The Walking Dead. I'm not sure. Is there another one? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay, Which so I, have I played all those except for Wolf Among Us. Okay, Wolf Among Us was the first one I played. That got me hooked. I didn't know anything about fables. I went and bought the comic series. You know, I bought some of the graphic novels after that because it was it was a great game. Mm -hmm. Really enjoyed it. I liked the premise, uh, the idea of having the the fairy tales in our land and having but a twist on that Disney. You know, when when you see a princess's head roll up on the doorstep of the mayor Ichabod Crane's office, that's the first scene in Wolf of uh, Wolf Among Us. So it's it's dark for sure. Uh, 
Um, but out of all of them, I really like Tales of Border Tales of Borderlands was probably my favorite one so far. Uh, and this Batman one has been pretty good. Game of Thrones was they're all buggy, but Game of Thrones was like almost broken buggy. Um, so I played that first one of that. Uh, I downloaded Murdered uh, Soul Suspect. It was a free game on Xbox uh, One. I haven't played it yet, uh, but I'm looking forward to at least trying that because it looked interesting. <coughs> it looked interesting, but uh, I'll, I'll give it a chance. Uh, I also got Fallout Four finally. Thank you, Amanda. Boom. Uh, yeah, finally got it. Uh, I met Cogsworth, and that's as far as I've gotten. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That, that's not far at all. It's an hour and a half in. So. Uh, so I've been I've been searching the houses of the old neighborhood, and that's as far as I got. Um, because while I was waiting for Final Fantasy to download, which took three days, while I was waiting for Final Fantasy to download, I played Ori and the Blind Forest. And I don't know if y'all have played that one yet, a platformer. Uh, I'm not finished with it either, but I'm about 50% of the way through. Uh, really fun game, very atmospheric, a lot like Journey. Um in terms of how the music is, and and uh, there's not a lot of word there. Aren't, there isn't much dialogue at all. But um, anyway, another game. I mean, I'd recommend every one of these games I've mentioned so far, except for Murdered Soul Suspect, because I haven't played it yet. Um, just on my initial take on them, uh, although a lot of these are out already. But lastly, I've been playing Final Fantasy uh, 15 probably the most, and I'd agree with Daniel that it is not your typical Final Fantasy game. But it is a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know what's going on for the most part either. There's, And I kind of like how they're not holding your hand in a lot of things. Um, one of the major things uh, or, or one of the major uh, quests that you can do are these. I mean, this is where you get the most of your, your gold is through hunts. And it probably took me three hours to do my first hunt because I, it doesn't really tell you what to do. It just says, here's your contract. All right, good luck. Have at it. Yeah, have at it. And you're like, if you have to go back to him to read, like, oh, where is this stupid animal so I can go find it? Um, because on your map, you'll see where it's it's in it's located in a general area. It doesn't mark the spot, so you kind of have to go run around in that area until you find it, which is fine. And I was okay with that. Um, but that's uh, but I've been playing that probably the most and i'm really excited about it. it's probably one of my favorite uh final fantasies since nine so uh, i'm definitely it would be in my probably top six or so we we made that list it, i don't know if it made it or not we'll have to look at it but anyway that's what i'm playing oh i'd have to revise my list i've been playing far cry three blood dragon and wow oh, yeah. nostalgia <laughs> nostalgia to to the max it's I, like being in the movie Predator mixed with some like neon Nickelodeon sort of color scheme. I've heard. And, uh, Wasn't that oh a free download too? Yes, it was. And 100%. Wow. So glad yeah. I downloaded it. I'd yeah. never played Far Cry before and I'm hooked now. Yeah. Have you played that one, Daniel? Do you play any of those? Because yeah. they're all supposed to be games. Uh, I actually downloaded it the same time Amanda did, and I after she sent those pictures, I decided to play it, and I was it was it was too much nostalgia for me. I was just laughing too much. Like, this game is way too way too corny. Really? Oh, it was so good. The part where it was like plus A to confirm that you can read. Are these tooltips annoying? Press A to confirm they're annoying. 
I love that's it awesome. so much. The, the that's awesome. Sergeant guy or whatever. He's like, you ready, motherfucker? <laughs> it was so good. So like, good. And when you're this? like the the intro scene and you're just shooting the like huge gun and Long Tall Sally from the original Predator movie is playing in the background. I was like, this is the best ever. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I I just feel like you got to have whatever uh, Jesse Ventura's lines were from there. You know, he's got a big chaw of yes. tobacco in and he's spits on your boot. Yeah, it'd yes. be good. Fantastic. You need that. You do need that. That would have been a good touch. It's good. It's good. <clears throat> well, awesome. Fantastic. Uh, I think we're all being much more uh, active uh, gamers. So um, thank you for that, Amanda, for inspiring us to get off our behinds and play video games. <laughs> it's not like I inspired you to exercise. <laughs> no, you did nothing Nothing productive in any way. I mean, nothing about those actions are going to actually produce something for others. Uh, uh, or except ourselves. maybe this podcast. That's exactly right. We ex <laughs> and so, same thing. Nothing. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, well, good deal. Well, uh, what I wanted to talk about today, and I, as I was looking at the topic, uh, we may have to rein it in a bit because I got a little overzealous. But uh, a little, yeah, a little, a little, yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, there's. I mean, there's so much to potentially talk about and to go into different areas. This could be like ten different episodes actually if you look at it this way but um welcome to part one part one of 10 click as they already hang up um so now what i want to talk about first in topic one i want to talk about maybe the history our history with rpgs you know from wherever you got into it where you started and then bring it up to speed up to today and kind of like what were some of your favorites uh some of some memories from some of those games and then and then you know kind of what the direction it's gone because it's definitely changed. There's so many different types and hybrids. So what's your experience with the history of role-playing games? Amanda. Yes. Well, um, the first role-playing game I think I ever played was KOTOR um, oh, on the original yes. Xbox. Um, I think that is actually what started my love for RPGs kind of full stop because it, it's not only one of the best RPGs ever made, but it's also a Star Wars game, so it kind of bridged two fandoms for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that if you're going to get into gaming as a specific genre, you kind of need a bridge game, something where you kind of understand the universe and what's going on, so that then you focus on learning the mechanics of how to play an RG RPG, like what, if you do X, it will do Y. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah lesson i did spend a lot of time looking for the purple saber uh crystal and i used that and it was awesome yeah um, i got the purple absolutely i had no history with was fable mm. also a super awesome rpg a little bit different not quite as choice ridden as modern rpgs are i think you could probably boil it down into like six or seven actions that you do that actually impact the storyline but what i liked about that is that it impacted the world more than anything else so you know you ate lots of junk food you got fat you did this you got ugly you know it <laughs> was quite it was quite an interesting take on rpg and the voice acting in that rpg was absolutely excellent as someone who lives in england now i can tell you those accents are real they yeah. exist yeah 
Well, you had um, Peter Molyneux, like, so he, I imagine he was going to get that part of it right, you know, or at least some of those things right. Oh, he nailed it. Like, sometimes when I go up north from London and I go to places where they have a more fable-esque accent, I just, I can't stop hearing in my mind the, like, first husband that you can get in the game that whenever it fades to black you hear him say it's not even my birthday like <laughs> that is a real thing <laughs> so um that that kind of stuck with me and since then i've played pretty much every rpg i can get my hands on even if i don't end up liking or finishing the game i still give it a shot because it's a genre i really like and some standout ones in recent years you know you got your fallouts your mass effects your dragon age um, and then some little, old, like little or known ones like Divinity, um, which is actually an excellent game, and not a lot of people played. Um, no, so I would I say that's it. kind of. I I definitely recommend it. You're you're a fucking dragon, mate. You're a dragon. Like, okay, sold. You know, <laughs> sold. can't go wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I have to say, you know, the, the Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, things like that. Um, I think when you start off somewhere like KOTOR and then you get where you are now where there are different universes that you're not familiar with but you understand kind of the mechanics of what you're doing right you know yeah. it's been a good journey it's been a good journey so what would be like one of your your best memories like something that kind of was it the Revan reveal was it what what would be one of your best memories or some of your best memories from these role playing games well um i can say in Dragon Age, I really liked um, the Zevran storyline. I thought he was awesome. His voice actor was incredible. Um, and he was my romance option. And I actually <laughs> got like attached to him. I actually remember crying at the oh, end yeah. when everybody like just left you. You know, <laughs> I was like, this is horrible. We need to spoiler, spoiler alert for a 10 year old game. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert for 10 year old game. Um, and then more recently, fairly big spoiler alert for Dragon Age. If you haven't played Dragon Age Inquisition, I have it on my shelf. Kind of expanded stuff, right? The the Solus story arc is so important, and it is more important when you are his romance option. Um, he was the first romance option I checked. I did go back and play the game over and pick Iron Bowl and whatever. But Solus in the DLC, in the expanded universe, and probably in the next game to come, that is one of the most pivotal decisions that you could have made because it makes the story so different. Oh, because, wow. you know, he, if, if you, even if you just played to the end, you know that he is the trickster god. Yeah? yeah. You know that's who he is. But if you romanced him, he's also your partner. Yeah, that's a very different element. He's not the bad guy to you when you're your his romance option. Yeah, very different mechanic. And if you haven't played with Solus as your romance option, I highly recommend it. You kind of need to be a female elf character, by the way. He doesn't really romance any other kinds. But well, racist makes it. Yeah, he's a bit racist, but it makes it so different. I mean, because it, it's very easy for the bad guy to be the bad guy always. And this is yeah. one of the few video games where the bad guy isn't the bad guy to you. Right. That's an interesting take because I don't you don't get to see that very often where you can kind of where you can kind of flip sides that way or, or look at things from a different perspective. I think that's pretty yeah. that's it's interesting. I have Dragon's Age, Dragon Age Inquisition. There was a there was a time when the first Dragon Age came out because I gave I gave Bethesda and, and Bioware, they have a blank check. Like, whatever they make, I was going to get. 
And yeah. and when uh, Dragon Age came out, it was a great premise. It was interesting. And so I started it. And I was probably about eight hours into it. And I was really enjoying it. And I went down into this to the basement. I think I told this story before on another Gamecast. But I went down into a, one of the buildings, to the lower floor. And I was confronting uh, a, a wizard or a magician. And I can't remember. But I was underleveled. And uh, just got waxed, you know, and I was actually such a low level for that particular, and that was furthering the story, and it frustrated me so much that I never played it again, and I never played it. Aww. I bought other ones, and I never played them. Um, so I, I think it was just the story hadn't drawn me in quite as much, and so, I, or maybe I hadn't gotten far enough into it, but anyway. You know what's funny, though? I rarely ever play RPGs on any difficulty harder than normal in fact most times i'll play them on easy for that yeah. one reason alone yeah. because i don't want to get frustrated with the mechanics or my level ranking and not actually enjoy the story right so i mean right now i'm playing um lichdom battle mage which is an rpg and about 20 minutes in i realized i'm gonna bin this game if i don't lower the difficulty because it was just <laughs> taking too long to clear zones and yeah. the story wasn't happening fast enough to keep my attention so i lowered yeah. it all the way down to easy now i'm blitzing through things and actually enjoying the buildup of the story and and that sort of thing and yeah. it's not a particularly good game engine wise so why would you sit yeah. there and grind it out for no reason when you could right. just be enjoying the story you know oh agreed 100 percent Nice. Well, what about you, Daniel? First game that ever got me into the French, uh, the in, like in into the, the fray. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't think I was a big fan of RPGs when I was younger. I played the very first Final Fantasy. Could not understand it. Couldn't get into it. Um, but I remember there was this one time we went over to a friend's house. And he was playing this new game on the Super Nintendo. I, I didn't, you know, I just got my Super Nintendo, and the only game I had on it was uh, Street Fighter Two and Mario. Um, but he's playing this game. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? This is fucking <laughs> awesome. He was playing Final Fantasy Two. Okay. And I watched him for several hours playing this game. Um, I ended up begging my mom. I was like, please, please, give me this game. Give me this game. You know, it's this game in this red box. Go buy it for me for Christmas, or whatever. So she ended up buying it for me, and. Yeah, that was the very first game that ever got me to the franchise. I just, I could not put that game down. Um, the story was, to me, it was just an amazing story. Uh, there were secrets in the game. You didn't have mm -hmm. to achieve these secrets to complete the game. It was one of those games where after I beat, I went back and started finding out more things. Like, oh, hey, did you know you could take uh, um, Odin, or not Odin, but, um, oh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, the summon spell. Well, Odin was one of them. Uh, you could go back underground under the Castle Baron, take the summon spell, fight the king, and then Odin, I think it's Odin it might be, upgrades into the a new upgrade spell. I can't think of the name of the character at the moment, but yeah, I didn't know that. And um, went back and was able to go do that into the game, and now I had a new summon. I mean, it was just... Those were really cool to me, and then you know, Final yeah. Fantasy three comes out. That was the best part. That was to me that Final Fantasy two having the or four or whichever having those the summons, which changed everything. You know, for the rest of the Final Fantasies, that was kind of the the draws. Like I want to see Bahamut or um, Shiva or whatever. I want to see the animation for it. I want to whatever. So 
that was a big draw. And then Final Fantasy three comes out, and I mean the game is even more expansive, has more summons. Um, actually, summons are part of the you know one of the main big parts of the story. Um, you actually go to the land of the summons, uh, mm-hmm. the land of the espers. Uh, and then there's multiple characters. Um, there's two hidden characters in that game. One of your characters, you you if you don't wait for your character when the end of the world spoiler alert, you know the, the end of the world happens in that game. Um, if you don't wait for your character, he could die. Um, but if you wait to the very last second, he join he you know he continues on with you throughout the game. I just I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, F- Final Fantasy is basically what got me into the genre, and if it, it was because of Final Fantasy that got me going back playing games like Zelda and things like that, because like I never played those games. I yeah. just I thought, what the hell is a Zelda? <laughs> so you still know, don't know. <clears throat> but you know, because of Final Fantasy two and three, I went back and played Zelda: a Link to the Past, which isn't really an RPG; it's more of a action adventure RPG or whatever you want to call it. But um, but it got me going back and playing those games, and I mean, I'm glad it did because those are some of my favorite games. Um, I yeah. played Knights of the Old Republic, the first one. Uh, the second one, I really didn't get into. Um, I fell in love with Revan, pretty much like Amanda did. <laughs> you know, my heart was it's the best part. My heart was beating for him. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it got me all the way up to the most recent RPG I could think of that, like, I'm just like in love with and like. I can't wait for the third one is kingdom hearts. Oh yeah. Um, and there's, there's something about the RPG game. I think it's the story or it's just the way they create it. I don't know. It's just, it, it differs from a regular game. I mean, it has more heart, more story, more interaction, and it gets you more involved in the game, gets you more involved in the characters. And I think that's why I really enjoy the genre. Yeah, no, it does for sure. I mean, from a story well, and, and that's a question that I can ask you guys. So, as uh, before, I get to that, Daniel. Any any like outstanding memories? You talked about um, Revan. Was there anything else? Any other memories that stood out with the role playing games that just were like awe inspiring, or anything that was? I mean, just that kind of. That's what got you hooked on on the games. Well, you, like, you, you, like I said, the one anyway. that got me hooked on was you know going to my friend's house, watching him play it. But one out one yeah. memory that I remember is getting Final Fantasy 7 for the first time. And, you know, it's the first time Final Fantasy switched from the 2D to the 3D world. Yeah. And, you know, the summon spells, they, they overdid it with the summon spells in that game. The summon spells were like, I don't know. What couple, do you mean? A couple minutes long watching Exactly. Them. Each um, time. Knights of, was I it Knights of the Round? Knights of the Knights Round. Of the round. And that oh, freaking my summon spell lasted almost 10 minutes long. And I had yeah. to, like, use the summon spell, I don't know how many times on this boss. And I'm like... <laughs> Just sitting there staring at the television, waiting for it. Oh, no, it, it, yeah, it would make it would make a boss battle thirty minutes easy just because of the animation. But yeah, that, so. that that's probably one memory I have. Yeah, I uh, I have that that same memory. Well, before <laughs> I go into my my uh, history, jaunting through my past with RPGs, I wanted to ask y'all, what are you? How do you define it? Because that's one of the questions that you were just bringing up, Daniel, was, you know, I don't know if this is exactly or this isn't exactly an RPG, more of an action adventure game. What makes a game a role playing game? Because the ones that I'm going to list uh, from where I started are much they're more rudimentary. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so 
to me, what a what a role playing game is is if it if it puts you in the position of the character and you you make choices that that kind of that directly affect not only that character but the story. You know, and that's still pretty broad, but so that and I think with that you can you can incorporate games that that you might not have normally thought of, and then other games that you might have thought of don't no longer really apply to that definition. So, how would you define a role playing game? Like, if you were to be able to put it in just a, I mean, for me, in order for me to consider an RPG, I need to be a character that I create in a world that the developers create. So right. I, I tend not to call things RPGs if I'm not given the option of gender or to change what my character looks like right. or to make dialogue choices. Um, I think once you lose those elements, you're losing the role-playing part of it. Right. If you can't create your own destiny, destiny within the world the game developers have made for you then i find it hard to call it an rpg um and i think what's weird about it is things like the witcher is considered an rpg but if you really think about it you don't get a choice about the witcher his backstory his appearance you know he's still going to be a dude with white hair um, and he's still going to be a... Which is a dude you know, with white hair I'm cool with. Yeah, I mean, he's super cool, and it's a great game, and it's one of my favorite games, but yeah. I think it right. really straddles the RPG, because in this case, their source material is a book based on a character. It's right. not like a place or you know a world yeah. setting, and you're just an actor in it. So mm-hmm. I think I would call that more of an action-adventure game then I would call it an RPG. You do get choice, you get dialogue choice, and there are consequences for your actions, but you're not really role-playing, you're more costuming, you're more cosplaying, you're dressing up as Gerald or Rivia. You're not actually your own character. I could see that, and I think with that, uh, you almost put Final Fantasy into something like that, or... Uh, Kingdom Hearts into some, you know, it's a, it's an action RPG or action adventure with some RPG elements or something like that. Yeah, I think if your only elements are dialogue options and consequences, then that's more RPG elements and not like a true RPG. I think you need to be able to fully create the character to fully determine your backstory. That's why I think Elder Scrolls Skyrim is a very true example of an RPG because you can choose your playstyle, the weapons you use, your background, your you know gender, your look, everything about it you can change yeah. and you're just someone in the world that becomes something. You can even choose what you become. So yeah. I think that's more... Fable works that way too. More than... Exactly, exactly. Fable even more so because you're like a nobody. Like from yeah. the beginning, a nobody. Yeah. And you can be male or female or... <laughs> yeah. Daniel, what do you think? Uh, I think anything, any game that has basically, you know, a story progression where you progress through the story, um, where you can choose the outcome of the story, and where you can adjust the character stats, where the character kind of grows throughout the game. Based on um, your decisions or... Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I, th- I think that's what makes an RPG. I mean, yeah, I kind of agree with with Amanda to an extent where you create a character, but there's so many role playing games out there that you don't create characters. You're just playing through a story that, you know, those are some of my favorite RPGs. So how can I not call yeah. those RPGs? You know. No, and I I think that you can. I think you just add the adventure or the action to it. You know, to say that it's a it's kind of a hybrid of those. You don't have full control over you are taking the role of someone in that particular game but it, you don't get to choose what that role is you know you are this no matter what anything that plays like a storybook yeah yeah no and i, I agree there there are and i think they're kind of getting the hint in terms of like game developers because there are rpg elements to most games because right. i like think you got the football simulators now where you can change the oh yeah the characters you i mean if the that's the case call of yeah Duties. Madden is an RPG, so you have that coach. What, what is that? The coach simulator where you get to coach a season. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you can even you can put yourself in the game. That's true. And you can make your own statistics, and you can draft yourself, and you can manage your career. You know, so there is RPG elements to that as well, and and I think that's something that people are attracted to because that you have more investment. It's like it's the term having you got skin in the game. You you have an investment in the person or the character that you're playing with and that makes it more enjoyable, right? That's you know, that's what I think anyway. So for me, my my initial uh kind of uh my initial experience uh in in RPGs would if we were going to do it from the loosest terms would be Oregon Trail. Everybody played Oregon Trail? Uh yeah. Yeah. Where you get to pick your career. You get to pick your uh, your outset. <laughs> Amanda's like, no. You get no. to pick your party. Members. I am not counting that as an I RPG. Counted as, oh well, that was. No. I got to. I your get to destiny pick. is dysentery. That's your destiny. Well, <laughs> it could be. You could die from a snake bite. So, you know, you there are lots river. of choices on how you die. You a could drown in the river if you're trying to fort. That's exactly right. Only a much better movie was Oregon Trail. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was awful. But uh, I'd say it was so bad, such a bad movie. Uh, but I'd say a, a more accurate uh, first take on on it on the uh, genre was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I never played Hitch- that. What system? Hitch- it was on. It was on uh, Commodore computer. Um, you. It was a text based RPG or adventure. So it's text based adventure. Um, wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you 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 really didn't get to pick much else outside of you didn't get to you all you really did was run the narrative like you got to drive that so you had to type what your actions were and if you didn't type exactly what the computer wanted then you ended up dying uh, and you died horribly but look around hilariously <laughs> yeah exactly it's like get out of bed put on your shoes I remember these yeah Excellent. and. And uh, in that particular game, I don't know if you how many of, have y'all read the book or seen the movie. Yeah. Okay, if you watch the movie, it's basically the same thing. It's it's coming from the book. So in the movie, at the beginning, he's in his house. He's got to get out of his house because the house is going to be destroyed. And in the in the game, you have to get out of your house, and you have to type exactly the right things to get out of your house. You also have to grab your towel. You can't leave without your towel. And if you don't get all these things done. Or your, I mean, and you have like twelve moves to get out, and if you don't do it right, you die. I, I was eight, probably or nine, never got out of the house. So, uh, this was a short game, 
in fact, as far as I was concerned, that's where the game always ended. I'm not sure that it went any farther than that, um, just because I was no good at it. But, uh, <laughs> but, but thanks uh, for all the fish. But thanks for all the fish. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so from there, I think uh, I was always interested in things like that. Like I love choose your own adventure and stuff like that, where you got to take more of con- more of the control over what's happening in the story. And uh, Final Fantasy One was uh, the first game I played on the NES that had any elements like that, where you kind of got to pick your you you got to pick your your loadout in terms of characters who you took with you. Um, I always wanted to put the ninja in my group, but he was so terrible at the beginning that I never would. Even though he turned into a really cool character when he leveled up, uh, I never did put him in there. Um, and then Final Fantasy. Two, as you were saying, or four and six, or two and three over here in the the U.S. <laughs> so um, it is, I know. And, and the other ones must have been so bad, you know, just like iterations of one that that really didn't change the game a whole lot. I've I've heard, and I played the actual Final Fantasy two, and I didn't enjoy it very much, um, because it was just like one, only bigger, only and bigger, worked. and the characters actually had. Uh... Uh, names actual names and yeah. then the third game introduced uh job class cha- changing so you could actually change your job classes yeah and that those are all good but those were like baby steps and then in four you really had a, a good narrative a good story so that i would agree that that's kind of where my that's my first really big uh i guess uh game changing for lack of a better term pun intended game changing <laughs> Uh, where where I I guess I got into the I don't know yeah I just I I got much more into it and uh, and enjoyed the storyline I I think uh, you know with, with the twins uh, the twins apparently dying in that one Pulling and how down. that yeah how they that was that was actually uh, a moving quite a sad event scene. in the game yeah and in, in the game and it was only a two D sprite. Exactly. A little character, probably about you know an inch tall. Amanda, an all text and text-driven story. I mean, Amanda you know? wouldn't be bothered by it. Yeah, because <laughs> she has to see pretty graphics. Exactly. I do. Yeah, forget that. Forget that noise. She wouldn't be playing that. Um, but yeah, you you got attached to those characters, and and that was the first time that I think I experienced something like that. And then from there, you just build right into Final Fantasy three or six. Uh, where you're you're taking what they did right in the in the in the previous one, and and they just made it bigger and longer and a better story, even though it's a little bit convoluted, not quite Hideo Kojima convoluted, but convoluted, um, but but still really interesting and lots of care. I mean, so many characters, all of them fleshed out. I mean, you even though they were two D sprites that are like an inch tall, you you had a story behind each one of those characters. Um, I re- is it is it Setzer, the one he's the gambler on the boat. Yes. Is that the okay? Who, one of his dynamics. I mean, and each one of these characters had their own uh, dynamic in battle too. So, based on who you put into your party, it changed how you would take on enemies. And so Setzer was one of those where he actually had a um, a uh, oh, it's not, what is it a. Uh, a slot machine mechanic where you you could you hit that you hit that particular 
slot machine and it would load out, you know, whatever you ended up getting and you could gamble. But sometimes you might just wipe out the whole party. Yeah, it was, with it was, one it hit. was a risk. Yeah, it was a risk. Sometimes it was good. Most of the times it was good. Sometimes it was really bad. So, <laughs> um, but then as you as you go on, you know, I I uh, I continued to play whatever ones, uh, whatever games would give you that opportunity to take the role of whoever the lead character was, make decisions. So, uh, Final Fantasies were always Kotor was, uh, as I mentioned in a previous podcast was or a previous episode was the it, it was actually worth purchasing an entire system over you know i bought the xbox because of kotor um never really got into witcher until the third one so don't have any idea about the story outside of what i've learned so far in in this one so yeah i have no idea no idea i'm terrible fan amanda so i know it's really bad witcher 2 is really good i hope they make it backwards compatible it's definitely worth playing well I, i i'd go back and play it for sure um but uh I think my my favorites, other than Star Wars, you know, and and a game here or there out of the Final Fantasy franchise, has been Mass Effect. Um, I think Mass Effect and uh, Skyrim does this just as well, where you get to really kind of you get to give him a backstory, you get to give him, you get to make him look like however you want to. You can take the role of you're not really ever a bad guy per se, although I played about as far to the renegade side as i possibly could in mass effect i mean my face was all cracked and red and glowing <laughs> by the end of end of that game um if i had an opportunity to because i'm a specter if i had an opportunity to shoot someone or kick them off a ledge i did so um and then world of warcraft which is in it in a place by itself you know you I, I don't really. We can go into that one. I know a lot of even even in the game of the year awards that have come out. I mean, they don't even put WoW in the role playing game category. I think MMORPGs need to be on their own. Yeah, because there's the element of interacting with other actual human PC characters that makes right. it completely different. Yeah, and, and so, I played some weird MMORPGs, so I think we need a whole another episode for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we we will not include those. We will not include those in the next section. So. That is topic one. That topic is brought to you by our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible is offering a free audiobook download for you, the listeners of the Retro Rebel Gamecast, with a free 30-day trial, giving you the opportunity to check out their service. Amanda, what is this week's recommendation? This week's recommendation is Star Wars Catalyst, a Rogue One story uh, by James Luceno. It is available as part of the free download, and I would recommend you put it on your Christmas wish list. See, there you go. Amanda's seal of approval. Uh, By the time you hear this, the movie may be out, but that doesn't matter. Go back and read it. There's always stuff in a book that you didn't get in the movie. So head over to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast to get that free title now, or you can choose from over 180,000 titles today. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and get your free 30-day trial started today. Topic two. So we've defined RPG... Uh, and we've also defined what we will not include in in this. So the next topic, what I'd like to uh, I'd like to talk about is which of these RPG worlds would you want to live in if you had if you had to choose, not if you wanted to get away from this one, but if you had to choose between them. And while I was giving giving you these choices, gun to your head, which one would you want to live in? And it cannot be a, a, an MMORPG. So that, that just is made the- it so much harder for Danielle. 
Yeah, I was like, you just, you just took all, all my options away. Thanks. Yeah, cannot be. Wait, now, clarify as a PC or an NPC. Ooh. That makes it different. I think we should it choose does. both. I, I think, yeah. So, so do one and then do the other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, as an as an NPC, which one would you want to live in? So we'll start with that one. So, so Daniel, we should definitely go with you first, since this is going to yep. make it harder. You're going to have to give me. Nope. Time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. You can start. All right, Amanda. Right. So, as an NPC, I would want to live in the Fable universe. It just seems like kind of typical medieval England-esque. I don't think it, there, there wasn't anything particularly horrific. I mean, yes, you did have skeletons and things like that. But I figure if you lived in the universe, you would know not to go into creepy graveyards, stay out of caves. Stay um, and down. if you had a benevolent and wonderful ruler like I was, um, you'd be making money hand over fist and you wouldn't mind paying the uh, very low taxes I set for my people. Very so nice. I think as an NPC, Fable Universe, 100%. 100%. Nice. Okay. Ooh, NPC, NPC. Because I think, I feel like you could, you could probably make a pretty good living as an NPC in Skyrim. Okay. Um, I think if, in Skyrim, if I was going to be, or if I was going to live in any of the worlds, I think I would be probably either an innkeeper or a blacksmith in in skyrim you know you you kind of all i have to do is deal with you know jerk playable characters uh who are going to steal <laughs> steal my things uh but i i can make as many as i need to um and then stay away from dragons and giants and they're pretty easy to see they're off in the distance so uh skyrim as an npc i think it's it's easier there's only a few universes where it's not so incredibly hostile uh, for NPCs, um, but I think Skyrim Skyrim would be good. Fallout, no way. You're it's just such a hostile environment. There's no way I'd want to live in Fallout. But you wouldn't Skyrim, want to be a child of Adam. <laughs> <laughs> no, or a so mm -mm. no, sir. Or a Skyrim, ghoul? It is. No, no. no I although I bet they've never seen a mirror. So mm. I guess if I had to choose one, I would want to be. The old man from Zelda that's in the very beginning of the game that says, it's dangerous to go alone, take this. Oh, he always <laughs> has the answers. So specific. Because that guy, he pops up everywhere when he's needed. <laughs> he does. See, I wonder if there's a backstory to who that guy actually is. Because he's in, he's in the caves, and if he doesn't have anything to say to you, he doesn't say anything. But he just happens to be there, and he's always there. Just chilling. He's just chilling in a cave by and, himself. And if I'm going to be an NPC, I guess that's what I want to do is just chill in a cave by myself. <laughs> Don't have to worry about Octorox or... Okay. There you go. Okay. As a playable character, this one be, I think, would be a little bit harder. The Star Wars universe, hands down. <laughs> hands down. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he was waiting for. Knights of the Old Republic. I would want to be a Jedi. Grab me a lightsaber. I'm, I'm good. Or or even a bounty hunter. Or hell, even a stormtrooper. Well, I guess stormtroopers weren't in the Knights of the Old Republic, but you know what I mean. Oh, I wouldn't want to be a stormtrooper. No way. Um, but. But yeah, Jedi, bounty hunter, a droid. I'm all set. A droid. <laughs> it's Star Wars universe. Okay. 
And 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 why that one over the others? Because it's fucking Star Wars, dude. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm I'm absolutely with you on there, that. There, there's there's magic. There there's technology. There's ships. And you know, everybody in the Star Wars universe seems to have their own ship. That is true. And then, well, I'm definitely going to come back to that one because I, I, mine is not going to be Star Wars, and that's that's that was a hard decision for me to make. But well, I'm sticking with it. Star Wars, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. You know, so, so what if Revan's <laughs> trying to take over the universe? <laughs> and it could be so horrible. And and again, you're a playable character, so this you know the storyline aside, we'll just take the storyline aside and say. That the world is not necessarily going to end uh, at the end of the story like it does in so many of these. Um, that you're just a playable character. Okay, so Knights of the Old Republic version. You know, if you were to take Star Wars as a whole, though, even when the Empire took over, there's planets that didn't even know what the hell was going on. So I could be on one of those planets just chilling. That's true, but you could be, you know, as an NPC, you could have been a slave to the huts. You could have been. That's uh, why I said I didn't want to be an NPC on that planet. I wanted to be the old man in the Zelda cave <laughs> that could control my destiny. Where no one can get to you. No one can get to you. Okay. I don't want to be old a Amanda? sex slave. No, to, to Jabba? To Jabba. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Rank. Oh. <laughs> uh. No, for me, I've got to be the Inquisitor. I've got to be the Inquisitor. Pip-ass Sky Castle. I ride a dragon. Like, there's nothing wrong with any of these things. No, you know, not. Iron Bull exists. You know, if if it wasn't so linear, I could date all of them. It's all good. <laughs> so, it's, I'm going to have to be the Inquisitor. Everyone says, good evening, Inquisitor. And they all walk by and they're like, oh, you're the Inquisitor. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> Excellent of you to notice. That is so, that pets yeah. ego a little bit. I know, and and your like leisure suit outfit for your when you're in your castle is is supremely excellent. Yeah. Definitely got kung fu vibe going on. Supremely excellent. Exactly. So you know, I I lounge around in silken pajamas in my castle. It's fine. <laughs> see. Okay. Okay, I can buy that. Both of those are really good. Um, and I have a feeling that mine's the worst now. Um, oh. I want to be the playable character. In Oregon uh, Trail. In Oregon Trail. Uh, only I make it. And once I get there, I'm killed by Native Americans. He, he, but, he's um, joking, Amanda. No. <laughs> I see your face. I, was, <laughs> I want I was to be. Say, yeah, yours is the worst. <laughs> I know, exactly. Objectively, the worst. My my, I want to be the main character in Deus Ex. Um, okay. And the reason is is because I really am, I'm fascinated by this idea of cybernetic stuff. Um, to have some of the abilities, which I think are going to be possible, but uh, you know where you can integrate machine and and or just biotechnology. I think that's fantastic. I would want to be able to do the things. With my eyes and your hands and and your just strength. So you don't think someone could be a Jedi one day? <laughs> well, I no. He's about saying it. he just wants to live in the future, like a hundred years from now. He's right. got low expectations. Dystopian <laughs> too at that. So it's dystopian. <laughs> Everything is really not very good. But see, in this world, I'm the main. You know, I'm. Uh, You're Batman. Jensen is it? His name Jensen. I'm Batman. Jensen. I'm ba- yeah. Jensen. 
Jensen. Jensen. It sounds like a guy that just got in trouble in his office. Jensen. Yeah. To my, yeah, to my office. Um, yeah, I would want to be him uh, in that. Or, you know, obviously, I'd be a Jedi. But the thing is, is I couldn't be a Jedi. I wouldn't be a Jedi. I'd be a bounty hunter or a gray Jedi. I would uh, be a Sith Lord, and I would have lightning. Yeah. Just well, see, a gray Jedi can use lightning, though, for oh, well. years from nerddom. Jeez. So. So if you if you if you kind of wanted the best of both, but you didn't want to have to, you know, follow by Jedi code, you could be gray. I would be a bounty hunter force user. I would just be evil, just evil. Oh, have the best outfits. I, if, <laughs> the Sith do have better outfits. Um, see, Daniel, this is the thing though. As a if you know your Star Wars, Mandalorians won't allow you. To be in their cast system if you're a force user. So, but you don't have to be a Mandalorian to be a bounty hunter. <laughs> That's true, but I mean, the best ones are. <laughs> wow. Beep, beep, back the nerddom track, back up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, that just happened. So, well, good. Well, the, uh, since we, we've done a, we did PC and, and NPC, I think we've, we've, Narrowed it down. Any final thoughts on RPGs, the future, where we're going, what you're doing with your life? Wow, that got deep. It did get deep. <laughs> well, I know that they're coming out with a few, uh, a few next year. I know Kingdom Hearts is coming out, but uh, we can do that on another episode. So um, that basically wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Podcast. I want to thank our rebels, Daniel and Amanda, for joining me this week. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at info at Head over to iTunes or Stitcher and rate our show because that helps us a lot. Until the next time, see ya. Peace. See ya. Chunk. 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 Chunk.